Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Since 2010, 2011, 
the Jets were never involved this late in the season. Their season has been over. But the Patriots, they, for Brady's career, is well, well above the winning percentage. Brady has owned the Jets, especially at home. Lifetime career, I think he's 10-2. and two. And he's actually only lost four games at home in his career. Two of them have come from the hands of the Jets, which is, I guess, a good thing if you want to think about it. But as far as them being 5-0 and right now and the Jets being 4-1, and just by numbers alone, if the Jets win, they're on top of the division. And that's pretty much my upset pick of the week. We'll get into that later when we do our picks. Uh, and we have a big game today in baseball as well. We've got the Blue Jays facing an elimination game for the fifth 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 time this year. Okay, versus the the, the Royals who need a win tonight. Because if you go into a game seven, especially with the Blue Jays, they could come out, their bats could start clicking, and I don't care who you have on the mound, you could lose. So prices on the mound for the uh, Blue Jays tonight. The Royals have. Did it, I, the game two, they didn't really hit Price as well until later on in the in, into the seventh, where he let up five runs. So we're going to go into that after the break. It, it's a very pivotal game right now. If you're a Royal fan, you're you're on the edge of your seat. If you're Blue Jays, you, you kind of have you're kind of sitting back and saying, "Hey, it's not that bad for us. We have nothing to lose right now. We've been in these elimination games throughout this whole playoffs." And we're going to see what we can do right now, see what kind of team we are. So the Blue Jays need to relax. David Price, winless in seven postseason career starts. He's got two wins in relief. But as a starter, he is winless. So I don't know how that's going to transpire today. I don't know if he's going to come out and, and fix it. Almost a Clayton Kershaw kind of pitcher in the playoffs. Actually, he's he's worse than Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw stepped it up his last start. And you you kind of wonder, is David Price going to get it together today? Is he going to let his team down? Is he going to make sure that they have a Game 7? And you really need to. The Game 7 is going to be an awesome baseball game to watch. And you kind of kind of wondering how he's going to come out today. So we'll get back to that. We're going to take a quick break. 347-989-0635 number to call. Follow me at The Big Rig Show on Twitter. I'll be verb. Uh, just go over the games because uh, it's kind of pivotal for the Mets. 
to see who they're playing and they'll get an idea of what kind of teams they're facing. Uh, of course, you have Price going tonight versus Jordana Ventura. It's game six. Blue Jays have started four elimination games this postseason. So they're kind of used to the pressure. They're kind of used to what they're what's going on and what they're going to face tonight. I, 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 if I was a, a Blue Jay fan, I'd, I'd feel kind of relaxed. And not because not I'm on the elimination uh, verge and stuff like that. Just they have nothing to lose right now. The pressure is starting to transfer to the Royals, and you kind of see that. And I guess the they're playing relaxed. You, you need to come out relaxed. You can't be stiff. You can't be, you know, where you need to see what's going on, and it, your, your mind's not focused. So you, you gotta you gotta work with that. Right, Ventura, he got a no decision in game two, three runs over five in the third inning. Uh, the Royals have won six of seven career starts in the playoffs with him. So they, they do support him. They do have a backing. He ha- he has the back of his teammates at home during the regular season. He was seven and five with a three, eight, four ERA the opponents batting average was two thirty-eight. He's beatable, especially with the blue Jays lineup. They have the, the blue Jays have a powerful lineup, but they could also manufacture runs in a weird way. they, once they get going, they're they're pretty much unstoppable. So I'd feel a little uncomfortable if I was a Royal fan right now or, or Roy, on the Royals team. Ventura going, he's beatable. Price can show you that he's lights out, and if he does that tonight, it's going to be a, it's going to be a rough game for for the Royals. And you want to you want to force it to that game seven. Now, as far as implications of World Series play for the Mets. You want the Blue Jays to win this series. You just match up better. It's just a total better matchup. The the Royals are a scrappy team. We went over this yesterday. They they don't really hit home runs. They 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 scrap together at bats. They they make you blow through your pitch count, and they're just that kind of team. The the Blue Jays are are not like that. They're a power hitting team. You got power pitching. They the Blue Jays eat lefties for, for lunch and you only have one lefty. Everyone else is a power righty. So Matt's you might want to reconsider starting him. If you face the Blue Jays, who knows? Uh, I think Matt's will get absolutely dominated by the Blue Jays. So you can, you always have, you know, Bartolo Colon to bring in for a spot start and move Mats to the bullpen. I don't know how well Mats will do in the bullpen, but he could sort of be like a lefty specialist, you know, get get someone out. It, it, it's a lot to think about how you approach these two teams. You approach them so differently, and it's going to be it's going to be daunting for Terry Collins to try to figure it out. Um like we said, you want to face the the Blue Jays over the Royals. The Royals are just the they're the anti-met. So, going into that Game six is tonight. We'll see what happens. Uh, Met fans, I'm sure you'll be watching, see what kind of opponent you'll be facing. Uh, the Royals closer, Davis, he's gotten a lot of rest. He's going to be ready. He 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 might be able to go more than three outs tonight. Who knows if they're in position to, to do that. And we'll see. Alex Rios has done really well against Price. 12 for 32 with two home runs and three walks. Donaldson and Calabello have hit Ventura, have seen Ventura a lot more than anyone on the uh, on the Blue Jays. So it's going to be a good game. The last team to overcome a three-one deficit, though, 2012 Giants. We came back against the Cardinals. I remember it clearly, and we went on to win the World Series. So they have an opportunity to come back here from a three-one deficit, go to the World Series, and see what they can do against the Mets. And the Mets are just sitting pretty right now. The layover might be detrimental to the Mets. It, you better hope that it doesn't cost them their their hot bats right now. Daniel Murphy doesn't slow down. You know, if Daniel Murphy slows down and and Lucas Duda slows down, uh, he just he just recently went hot. You got to start relying on your your captain and the the vets to to really get it done. David Wright, Granderson. You no, know, and then Conforto, who seems to show up 
sporadically throughout the playoffs. He needs to start coming through and hitting the ball. When you face them and you're in the DH, and I was talking about this with a buddy yesterday, when you got the DH uh, working out for you, you know, either you bring in Kadir for the bat or you bring in Lagaris for the defense and sit Conforto. So in, in all actuality, what you want to do is probably take Conforto out of left, slide Cespedes over and put Lagaris in center just for the defensive alignment. Now, Lagaris doesn't really bring much to the table when it comes to def- um, offense, but his defense is phenomenal. He's the by far the best defensive outfielder the Mets have. So when you need a little bit of defense and maybe you go up two games to one or you know, you're know you up 1-0 in the series and you want to start thinking about your defense, you, you use that alignment. When you're just getting dominated by pitching you need a, an extra bat, you can bring a dire in. Okay, so you have a couple options there that'll work. Kelly Johnson, even. Um, personally, I know Kadir hasn't really hit much lately, and at all. To tell you the truth, he's been a he's been a real, real disappointment for the Mets this year. But maybe he can scrap together some hits. Maybe he can come through, and that's what happens in the playoffs. A guy that you don't expect to to do well, and to come out and and save your season, so to speak. Michael Morse, a guy like that, who it's a Texas leaguer over the first baseman's head, scores a run, gets you to win. Kadire can be that guy for you. You have to think of these unsung heroes, these these guys that are coming off the bench that might be able to produce for you in a situation. I know you don't have any confidence in him. He hasn't done it for you all year, but he might be that guy. So that's going to be great. We'll see what happens. We're going to go to phone calls, 347-989-0635 is the number to call. And here we go. Hey, caller, what's what's your name? Where are you from, bud? My name is Baba Bowie. Ba- Baba Bowie? Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, well, we knew we were going to get one of those, uh, one of them at one point. Well, we'll see what happens. I, we got a, we got a familiar number up here. I'm in my room. Hey, I'm how you doing, Steve? What's up, man? You're on the show. Hey, bud, you're on the show. You there? Okay, so we're we're just we're we're just getting prank called today, so we'll see what happens. It hasn't happened yet. I was expecting it to, but as far as the the baseball playoffs go, that's what you have to look forward to. Mets, I'm sure you'll be watching tonight. We're gonna take a quick break, and uh, we're gonna start discussing our football Friday. We have our picks. We have Hillary Garza coming on from the Jets press to discuss. You know, an insider look at at how the Jets are doing this year, how how they're going to fare going forward, and and what they've done so far, and and the acquisitions they they had in the middle of the year with Sheldon Richardson coming back and stuff. So we'll be back in a, in a minute, and we'll go over that.
we're back. Uh, we're going to switch over to uh, a little football because it's a big weekend. Um, Giants, Cowboys, Jets, Patriots. And, and this is the weekend you look forward to if you're a football fan, especially on the East Coast. And you're, uh, you know, a Giant fan. Uh, we have a lot of Cowboy fans in the state, too. So I'm sure that it, it works out to be where you go to the bar and, you know, 75% of the bar is Giant fans and 25 is Cowboy fans. I don't know how that actually happens, but it does. And and their rivalry goes back a long time to early '60s. First game they tied. It, it, and over the years in the '80s, the Giants were dominant to the '90s. Then the, during the '90s and up into 2000, the Cowboys just absolutely rolled the Giants and rolled them. Well, that's because they had no no uh, salary cap. They were just buying their members and. When the, when the salary cap came in place, they, they started to slow down a little bit, and everything started to come into a realization that all the teams were equal. And that's how you get the balanced NFL you do now. That's why teams can't sustain dynasties. And it's amazing that the Patriots have, have gone so far. And it's just one reason. Or well, actually two reasons, and two reasons only, is Belichick and Brady. So if you have a good quarterback and coach combo – and you're not switching coaches and systems, and if you've been together for 15 years, you, you you tend to do good. You tend to be a dynasty throughout this whole time, and they're pretty much unstoppable. They're in the playoffs. They only lost one time. They only lost the division one time since Brady and Belichick took the helm. I believe that was 2008, and the Miami Dolphins snuck in there. Even when the Patriots – you know, the, the Patriots are that team that – if you're a Jet fan, wake you up at night. They, they're they just always there. They're always competitive. And this week is a huge week for Jets. We're not going to talk about that just yet. We're going on the Giants-Cowboys. It's at 425 in East Rutherford on Sunday. Giants are 3-3. Three and three. Cowboys are 2-3. and three. And the Cowboys are almost just trying to buy time and wade their way through the, you know, the pool until their, their big guns come back. And that's Romo and Des Bryant. Once they get them back, they would absolutely be destroying this whole division. It wouldn't even be close. They did what they did to the Giants the first week. Now, the Giants were competitive in that game. They really were. And this is the second meeting of the year. The Giants could have came through and won that game, which is surprising. But offense always, you know, lacks behind on defense. And in the first week, your defense is going to outshine your offense because it doesn't doesn't have that gelling period where, you know, the preseason games don't really do it for you. You have one quarter, then two quarters, and three quarters, then no quarters. So you don't really get to find that that rhythm in your offense. So by the first week when it rolls around, yes, you practice for the last month and a half, but you don't have that camaraderie that you need on your offense. And defense is always, you know, you take advantage of the other team's de- uh, offense not having that camaraderie and that, that gel, gel together. So that's why the defense always shines in the first couple of weeks. And now if they had Romo and Bryant, you'd see a whole different Cowboys game. I think the Cowboys would blow them out of the water. I think the Cowboys D is stronger than the Giants. What what the problem is with the Cowboys is they, they haven't been able to establish a run game behind their, their all pro, let's say, you know, core defensive offensive linemen that were supposed to carry this team and carry their, supposedly DeMarco Murray got carried by them all last year, which you're seeing to play out this year is not true. The Cowboys offensive line is good, but DeMarco Murray was the reason why he was successful last year. So you're seeing Randall come out this year. He hasn't really took on that role. They have a ton of running backs that just can't get it together. Last year, DeMarco Murray was averaging like, or the Cowboys, Offense was averaging 140 something yards a game, and this year it's 103. So that's a big difference, you know, when you're taking 40 something yards off the board, especially in your run game because it, it just opens up your pass game. They need to find their running game if they're going to beat the Giants. There's no way Matt Castle, who was coming in for his first week, I know he had the the buy to prepare. Okay, I know he had the buy to prepare. But he's not going to come out and do anything special. He's not going to be your Frank Reich. 
He's not. Don't expect the Cowboys. What he's going to do, he's going to come in, he's going to manage the game, and he's going to rely on Joseph Randall and your and your running attack to beat the Giants. Now, the Giants have one of the best rush defenses in the league. So that's going to counteract what the, the Cowboys are trying to do. They're going to expose Matt Castle, career as a starter. He's 22 for 34, I believe. So don't look for him to be your savior. You know, the, the, the skies aren't going to open and the light's not going to pour down upon you in the middle of the star on the 50-yard line. And Matt Castle is going to appear to be your savior for this year until Romo comes back. It's not happening, Cowboy fans. So you're in for a lot of trouble this, this weekend. The Giants, all they have to do is focus on their turnovers. They got to take care of the football. Eli needs to hold on to the ball. He needs to not telegraph his passes because if you watch the game from Monday night, he was telegraphing almost every pass he threw, and the Eli uh, Eagles picked him apart. So Darth Helmet over there needs to do a better job of taking care of the football. The receivers, when they catch the ball, need to hold on to the ball. This is football one-on-one, folks. You don't need your wide receivers to cough with the ball. Larry Donnell needs to be that guy he was a week, uh, two weeks ago. You know, you're facing a third-string quarterback. Take advantage of it. He's not familiar with the system. They just brought him in. He's gotten second-team reps for the first couple weeks he was there. And now he's, in the, he's thrusted into the starting position. Brandon Whedon, you almost say, you know, it doesn't matter who, like, it doesn't matter who they face. So the Giants, you know, they're, they're minus three. They're giving three to the Cowboys. It, it should be a win for the Giants, and you need it to be a win. If you want to, you know, space yourself out between first and, and the Cowboys, because you want the Cowboys as far away from – you know, the the front of the division as quickly as possible. So when Tony Romo comes back, he's not in position to rally the troops and get them into the playoffs, and especially when Des Bryant comes back. So Giants, that's what you need to do. Uh, stop their rush. Give, you know, um, Matt Castle some, some fits. Throw some blitz packages at him, something that he's not going to be able to handle. Different reads, different looks. And you'll be fine. I know your secondary is depleted, but Matt Castle is Matt Castle. Let's not make him out to be the savior here. So you sh- you should be doing good. That's your Giants uh, preview. We're going to go back and come back from a little break, and we're going to go into the Jets. Be back in a minute. Four seven nine eight nine zero six three five is the number to call. Uh, taking your calls, follow me at the Big Rig Show on Twitter. Follow me there. Ask me some tweets. I'll read them off on the show. Um, so we're gonna go to the phone lines right now. Hey caller, how you doing? What's your name? Where are you from? Hey, what's going on, Such again? What's up, Suchi? How you doing? Ah, you know what? Sorry about that. I got into the into party a little bit late, but. Tell them knuckleheads to stop calling in and jerking around and stuff like that. We're talking yeah, the Mets right. are on it's their right. way, and uh, yeah, I know, but you know, it gets annoying and stuff, kids and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, uh, I know. You know, listening to you a little bit earlier when I was uh, working and stuff like that. Yeah, I, you know, 
the layoff could hurt the Mets, but you got to figure a couple of these guys started the season in the minors. Conforto, he was in double A when he got boosted up to the bigs. So here he goes. In June, he's in double A. July, he comes up to the club, and now he's uh, he's going to be in the series and stuff. Well, yeah, he is going to be in the series, and you know what? He's he's got to step it up because if it does, if the layover does hurt, and Murphy's bat kind of you know slows down, uh, Duda's bat, you know, Granderson starts not getting on base as much. You need those guys to step up for you, and Conforto can be that guy. Now, as far as Conforto coming off the field on a on a you know when you play at an American League uh, stadium, that that's true because you want Lagaris in there for the defense. So Conforto's going to probably step out. Lagaris is probably going to go in, but he still needs to be there with the bat, and everyone needs to be there with the bat. So we got to see how the Mets react to the layover and see what they do. I, I think they should be fine, but like like I said before, you want to play the uh, the Blue Jays over the Royals any day. Oh yeah, no, I hear that, and uh, you know, get some of your sponsors up there to cough up some series tickets, man. I can't afford them damn tickets. <laughs> I wish. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe in a little maybe in a couple of years. Yeah, no, I went I went to opening day. I took my uh son to opening day and we were sitting in the five hundred section for a hundred bucks. Went online uh the other night when they you know, when they clinched to a series for nine hundred and fifty dollars to sit up and change the light bulbs for the knuckleheads at City Field. So I'll be watching it at home. Well, let me tell you something. That's that's another reason why uh, uh, you know playoff baseball. It's the the Met faithful, the ones that go to the games when it's sixteen dollars a ticket and twenty dollars a ticket. Now you come out to the playoffs and and these guys can't go to the games. And you brought up a good point because now it's too expensive for them to go to the games. Now you have the high priced celebrities coming out and all the the front runners coming out of the woodwork to go to these games that can afford it just to, just to say they went to the game. And it's kind of sad, but that's that's the. You know, that's playoff baseball right there. Yeah, no, I understand. That's why I stopped watching Seinfeld. I ain't going to help him pay for his uh, luxury box and stuff. uh, (laughs) All right, I got to get back to work, Big Greg. Uh, I'll talk to you uh, later on next week when the Mets are up uh, three games to one. You got it, Such. Thanks for the call. Later. Bye. Hey, caller, what's your name? Where are you from, bud? This is uh, Steve from Hazlitt. What's up, Steve? What's on your mind, bud? Uh, I want to go over the uh, the Patriots. I'm not a huge Jets fan, but I sure hate the Patriots. And we'll get your uh, your feeling on Todd Bowles and his defense adjusting to you know to the, the coach quarterback uh, interaction that they have so masterfully put together on the Patriots. No one could stop it. Well, Do you think here's, he has what the... it takes to slow it down and recorrect and redirect. He, he does. What, what's going to happen is Todd Bowles is going to sit into a in, in a nickel a nickel package for the majority of the game, and the counteraction that the Patriots are going to come. It's called their twelve line. Their twelve zero. Their twelve zero is two tight ends and two receivers. And what's going to happen is the tight end is going to almost pick their slot receiver, and the slot receiver is going to do almost a wheel route to the outside. And it, and it's worked many many times. And that's how. Todd Bowles and the Jets need to figure out. They come out in that 12 formation, they need to figure out how to stop it in their nickel. They can't get picked. They can't let their slot receiver on a wheel route to the sidelines. And they can't let their tight end to come on on a, on a hook, hook right over the middle where you're, when, you, when you draw your middle linebackers out and he does that hook route, he throws it right over the middle and you got one of the tight ends, not necessarily Gronk, it could be Chandler too. When they have that going, it's, it's very, very hard to stop. So Todd Bowles needs to figure out a way to stop that. If he can stop that, they'll be successful. Right, and I agree with you. It's not an easy task. And do they have the personnel to actually line up and cover these guys? I mean, you saw them against the Steelers opening day. Steelers actually gave them a good fight. But their physical mismatches and speed is incredible. I don't know if the Jets have the personnel to cover a Gronk going deep, let alone the short game. Well, well, the the problem is now that the Jets have a little bit of blow to their secondary. Buster Screen is out, and what Buster Screen does is he's a very physical cornerback. He's a slot corner. He's a nickel corner. He can take Gronk and and drive him. He's he's going to be that physical powerhouse. Now you have to probably rely on uh, McDougal, who hasn't gotten a snap all year, to come in and try to stop Gronk or or bring a safety up and bring your you know your strong safety up to try to cover Gronk. You need to pin him against the line and not have him let it get a clean release. If Gronk gets a clean release and swims over the top of you, you're, you're, you're destined to fail. That's what you need to stop with Gronk. 
Right. Well, so that, that's, so, that's the magic secret. They're going to go all the way if no one can stop that combo because well, they they're very good at it. Well, the, they're very the, good at adapting is, to, to defense. Another thing is if you sit in a nickel formation, right, if you're the Jets, you need to get pressure with your defensive line and only your defensive line. Once you start blitzing the Patriots, that's when they really start picking you apart. So if we can get pressure, and we have one of the best defensive lines in the league, if we can start yeah, getting Richardson. pressure, yeah. yeah, Richardson, you know, uh, Wilkerson, the Sons of Anarchy, you got Cobles, yeah. you got Leonard Williams. If we can get those guys in without blitzing and get pressure like that, the Jets will beat the Patriots on Sunday. It all relies on what their defensive line does. And that's a valid statement. It's just the offense you got to you got to slow them down. So I'm just curious. Uh, I want to see how how he handles it as a as a defensive uh, minded head coach. You know, see if he. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's a task doing it right now. But just the physical mismatch and the, and the amount of time they go up to the line and they audible out. They they have plenty of time to see what you're going to do. They have to hide what they're doing. And I've seen plenty of teams like get so confused on on the uh, the shift when they they flex out. They get way too confused well, on who's covering who, and they're you know Brady's he's smart enough to see the mismatch. Well, Belichick is the master of disguising his looks. He will he will go to great lengths to disguise everything he's throwing out there. So you have to really study what he's done in the past, and you, you can't even go by that because he just he changes everything from week to week, and that's what makes him Bill Belichick. You know, if he wasn't Bill Belichick, he'd be someone else. He's Bill Belichick mm-hmm. for that 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 reason. He disguises and and. The system, the system is what is making Brady the quarterback that he is. I'm not saying taking anything away from Brady, but you put them two together, and it's like putting, you know, it's like combining the tablets of the of the uh, Ten Commandments. You know, you get it's it's going to be perfect, and and that's what the Jets need to stop, and that's how Ted, Todd Bowles needs to stop it. I think Todd Bowles is confident though in what he's trying to do on defense. I think he has a great game plan for Sunday and it's gonna be a really close game. You're you're gonna see it you're gonna see a great game on Sunday. Yeah, I hope so. So uh, some good input. Gotta get going. Uh thank you for your uh your time there. All right. See ya. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for the call. Okay, so um I kinda wanted to go into you know a little bit of history with the Giants or with the Jets and, and Patriots. And it's been a long a long road for this team ever since 2000 when Belichick signed on to be a Jets head coach he was under Parcells he felt slighted with Woody Johnson he resigned two days later I think it was two days later and that's when the whole rivalry became because 23 days later he signed with the Patriots so now you had this guy running the helm and he switches over to one of your most hated teams. At the time, the Patriots-Jets were a rivalry, but weren't as big as, let's say, the Dolphins were. Now, he does this, okay? So, the following year, they had a, they had a, a good, decent year, the, the Patriots that year. But the following year, the Jets come out, injure Bledsoe, and guess who comes in? The nightmare of our dreams for the next 15 years, Tom Brady. The Patriots never look back on... Bledsoe, I forgot where he went afterwards, but now Tom Brady's running the show. Patriots beat everyone for the next five years, win two Super Bowls, three Super Bowls, and it's just it's just a nightmare for us. Tom Brady is clicking, Belichick clicking. They're they're beating everyone. Obviously, yeah, there's Spygate and there's all the cheating rumors and stuff, and you know that's fine. If they did or didn't do it, hey, I don't complain about stuff like that. It happens, it happens. You get beat, you get beat. You should have done a better job. You came out, the Rams came out in the second half, actually played a decent game. Who knows if they changed their game plan or not? Who knows any of that story is true? I don't care. I I don't submerse myself in stuff like that. It happened, that's it. Okay? Then Mangini comes over. Remember the Manginius. We get Brett Favre. Brett Favre goes eight and three, loses the last five games. Mangini's out. He beats him. Mangini beats him. Remember the handshake heard around the world? Mangini and uh, Belichick, the cold handshake. That happens. All right, so the the Patriots are still dominating the series. We get Rex. Rex comes in. He focuses more on Belichick's rings than winning. I understand he he wanted to, you know, fire up the Jets the Jets fan base. And he did. We all bought into it. We all started drinking the Kool-Aid. Johnstown. It was all that. He did the same thing 
in Buffalo this year. That he he wants to he wants to bring everyone together, and he does a good job of that. If you're talking Rex, as far as bringing a fan base together and bringing a community together, he is perfect at that. Jet fans never felt more like a family than when Rex started here. But now that Rex is gone, he's come back. And with Todd Bowles, we still have that that family feeling. Now it's the, the Jet fan base is still moving forward. So I thank Rex for what he did there. But as far as winning, he won his first two years, went back-to-back AFC championships with Sanchez, rookie quarterback, then second-year quarterback. He comes in next two years, three years, completely awful. He was scared to make the moves that he want, he needed to make to win the division or to beat the uh, Patriots, and he couldn't do it. Got Idzik in. A lot of stuff happened with the Jets towards the end of that Rex Idzik, you know, combo that were not beneficial and, and kind of kind of brought us a, a couple years back. But then we get Mikey Mags and Todd Bowles and completely turn around this year. But let's not go into that just yet. So the Patriots in the 2010 playoffs – or actually 2010 regular season, beat us 45-3 to on that Monday night game and embarrassed us. But we got our revenge in 2010 playoffs when Bart Scott. Remember Bart Scott's can't-wait game? First round of the playoffs, we wound up losing to the uh, Peyton Manning and the Colts that year. But we still got him back in the playoffs, beat him up in Foxborough, which says a lot. Then two years later, Thanksgiving 2012, Sanchez, Moore, the butt fumble, which is probably the all-time lowest this this rivalry has gotten. That game, I remember sitting full from a Thanksgiving uh, meal, kind of buzzed, drinking all day with my uncle. And watching that game, I was just upset. I've never been physically upset over a Jet game before. That was the sorriest excuse for a game I've ever seen. I I hated every minute of that. After I still watch that. Now I can laugh about it a little bit, but I still watch it in disgust. And then, of course, last year, Revis, our savior, our our guy, goes and signs with the Patriots. And the Jet fans are like, first time we see him out there with that uniform. Tell me it didn't make you disgusted. But he comes back. They win the Super Bowl. Rivalry gets even more heated. Revis comes back to us. <laughs> now now it's go time. Week seven, 2015 season, we're four and one. They're five and oh. This is for top of the division. This is the unseat, the king, the kings of the AFC East. This is what we're doing this week. Unseating the kings of the AFC East. So that's a little history right there of the Jet New England rivalry. Brady. 10-2 and two at home versus the Jets. Won his last seven straight at home. Seven straight, Jet fans. So, it's time to unseat the, the king. Pats do not do good versus strong D-line. And their their O-line is already weak. They got a lot of injuries. It's real thinned out. So, we might have a shot here to to dominate this game. Brady, 6-0 and versus top-ranked Ds. The Jets our top ranked day. They are the top ranked day, but he's six and zero this late in the season versus top ranked defense. And that's a credit to Brady. And that's a credit to Belichick. They, they have a carousel of players year in and year out. And they just win and find ways to win every year. We're going to come back, go over to jets. What I like about the jets, a little preview of what I think they need to do as far as offensively. And then we're going to talk to Hillary Garza of the JetsPress.com. Be back after this.
All right, we're coming off a break. Uh, we're going to interview Hillary Garza in a, in a couple seconds here. Just want to go over a little bit about her. She's a, a writer for thejetspress.com. You can see her editorials there. You can follow her at Hillary Garza on Twitter. Um, so kind of getting a little in, insight to the Jets from a Jets writer, a Jets standpoint, uh, someone that follows the Jets day in and day out. Um, we're going to bring her in right now. Uh, Hillary, how you doing? Um it's Al from the Big Rick Show. How you doing? Hi, Al. Pleasure to be talking to you this morning. Good. I'm I'm doing good. Uh, now let now let me ask you a question. How did you get into being a Jets writer and following the Jets? You know, since I was a little girl, I've always followed the New York Jets. They're just very very close to my heart, and I fell in love with them at first sight. As far as becoming a writer, you know, I really have followed specific writer, LTJ, and who also is actually a writer for the Jet Press, but I was following him years ago before he even got into doing it there, and I just kind of looked at him as more of an inspiration, and I just found it so therapeutic to write about something that I'm so passionate about that I decided, you know what, why not apply, and I'm lucky enough now he's not just a mentor, but he's also an editor to where I write for, so it's exciting. Uh that's excellent. Okay. So uh, we're going to get into a little Jets talk right here with you. Uh, just to give your uh, insight and how you feel the – how do you feel like the Jets are doing up to this point in the season? Like, how do you feel they're, they're, the direction they've gone since they, the beginning of the year till till now? I think that they're doing great. I mean, for once, people are finally, finally looking at us as a contender. And, I mean, yes, we haven't played every game perfectly. There's always going to be room for growth. Um, we've seen a horrible game with the Eagles, but we also came back very strong in London. And I think we're impressing a lot of people. I think we're making a name for ourselves. And at the end of the day, we've won 80% of our games. I, I agree. I agree. Now, um, we brought in a new regime, Mike McCagden, Todd Bowles. Um, do you think Mike, uh, Todd Bowles have changed the mindset of this team from what it previously was with Rex, or do you think it's kind of along the same a defense, ground and pound uh, scenario, or do you think he's focused a little bit more on, on the passing situations and stuff like that? Um, I think that, you know, Rex's first years with the New York Jets may have some similarities with Bowles, but as far as Jets, um, Rex's last couple years with the Jets, I mean, you can't really compare the two. The mindset that Bulls has instilled into the New York Jets, it it just speaks totally different. You never know what he's thinking. He keeps his mouth shut. He kind of instills that into all of his players. So they don't just, for the most part, they don't go out there, run their mouths and everything. They just stay focused with each game and try to prove themselves. They take it one day at a time, one game at a time. I, I totally agree with you. I, it's kind of refreshing to see this this new Jet look and, and not having the players be outspoken. I mean, Sheldon Richardson said a little bit yesterday, but, you know, it, it, Sheldon Richardson is going to be himself. You can't really stop things like that from happening, but the, the refreshing new look of the Jets is, is really ex- exhilarating if you're a Jet fan. Now, um, I get the sense that they're getting really comfortable with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Todd Bowles. Uh, you think the the other teammates are buying into like having Ryan as their quarterback right now? Absolutely, absolutely. I think everybody is um, believing in what they're saying is the Fitz magic and what Bulls have brought to MetLife. I mean, I think that no one expected Fitz to be on the field again, especially how he ended his season last season. So to have him come out as a starter this year, I mean. That alone is a miracle. So, kudos to him. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I agree. He's 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 been a pleasant surprise for us Jet fans. Now, in in to counteract that point a little bit, how bad do you think it would need to get before Fitz wouldn't play and they bring Gino? And do you think that that's a possibility this year? Um, it could be a possibility. I do want to say, you know, Namath won a Super Bowl for us. He was a mediocre quarterback. So keep that in mind. As far as Geno, I think he has great skills, but I don't think he has what it takes to be a starting quarterback. I think he doesn't have that type of leadership. For him to actually make it onto the field as a starter, I would think Fitz would have to get injured. 
going back to how he, you know, almost ended his career, you know, if Fitz got injured again, definitely I could see Gino on there. But you don't you don't fix something that's not broken. I, I agree. I, I still think that you won't see Gino till uh till Fitz gets either injured or something else happens. But um switching over a little bit to the injury reports, um with Owusu, uh, you know, this kind of blindsided the Jets a little bit. I like Owusu. I think he's a serviceable wide receiver. Is there any uh, thing – did the Jets know about this? or Did, did the league respond to them or, or tell them about that they were going to suspend him at, at all? Um, I mean, I don't know all the details involving that. I mean, to really know how much they knew or didn't know, I mean, I can never be certain. But I do think they handled it the right way. Um from announcing that they're going to let him be suspended, which I think makes a huge statement by showing that they're not going to tolerate certain behaviors and that they're going to stand by what should be done 100% and handle it the proper way. Okay, very good. Um, now, going into this weekend, this game against the Patriots, how do you how do you think they're feeling? How do you think their mindset is right now? Interesting question, because I think their mindset was different from – Monday to now. Um, going From Monday, I would say that they're feeling really good, that they know this is a huge game. And at the end of the day, they know that this game won't win it for us or break it for us. It's either going to make us or break us. It, it doesn't matter as far as that. They're just taking it one day at a game. Uh, one, day, huh, one game at a time. They're not gonna One day at a time, yeah. I, I totally agree with that because – you know, it, it this is not the defining moment of the year for the Jets. It, it, it's a big game, yes. It's week seven right now. We have five games under our belt. We had our bye. Patriots had their bye. They're five games in two. Now, the the Jets, it is a big game for them, but it's not the defining moment of the year. So I, I do agree with that. Now, do you think they prepare differently for weeks like this other than, um, you know, other teams, let's say not in the division, not for the first place? Um, starting on Monday, I would say no. Bowles is going to treat it just like any other game, not give it any special treatment. Um, he's probably, whether he was playing the Raiders or the Patriots, his goal is to make sure that we improve week by week by week, no matter who we play. But <laughs> I think after Thursday, things just got a little more real, um, with them taunting us with tweets and saying what they have, I read about that. I, mm-hmm. it just got a lot, a lot more personal, a lot more personal. Um, things that have happened with Revis in the past um, with regards to comments to his mom, um, that butt fumble pick, you know, now it's getting personal. So I think uh, that is why Sheldon opened his mouth. And you know what? I, I agree with him. I think we're going to do it. I agree too. I, there's a lot of bulletin board talk right uh, there for for the Jets to you know get a little bit more fired up for this game. So, um, so we went over the Patriots game. Now going further on in the schedule and and the season, do you think they're going to make the playoffs? Do you think this team has what it takes to be a playoff contender and and go deep into the playoffs? Um, I want to tell you that they're going to win every single game and win the Super Bowl, but I'm going to be realistic. I think that <laughs> they're probably going to go 12 to 4. I think that more than likely they will beat the Patriots tomorrow, or not tomorrow, Sunday. But if they don't win it, it's going to set up a crazy rematch in December. Um, as far as the Bills, you know, that's Rex's coach in there. Uh, Giants. They're going to be a little frustrated probably because we won that new Triple C during the preseason. So I think, you know, they're going to be split. They're a 50-50 chance. And, you know, we play Miami again, again, and they're not too happy we got their coach fired and they lost. Well, yeah, that, that was a long time coming, though, Hillary. He was not right for that team. As much as I don't like the Dolphins, he was not right for that team. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so I, I, I agree with you. A 12-4 and record is – is very attainable for this team. As I look through their schedule from here on out, it is very attainable. So I agree with you there. Um, I thank you for coming on. I know you're a little nervous. I know this is your first time talking, but you did a great job. Um, I want you, everyone to follow Hillary at, at Hillary Garza and go read the Jets press where she writes editorials. Thank you, Hillary. Thanks for coming on so much. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.
Okay, so there's Hillary Garza. She uh, she's a writer. Writes a lot of editorials for the Jets Press. Go read them. They're great. Uh, did a piece on Sheldon Richardson last week. He was coming to eat. Just go take a look and, and read it. We're going to take a quick, real quick break and come back with our picks. And now we're coming on. Now, this week, NFL is week seven. We have a couple good games. A lot of, lot of shoddy games that uh, I, I really didn't like. I didn't really want to pick. So, we got Buffalo in London versus Jacksonville. Buffalo giving four. St. Louis, Cleveland uh, giving six and a half. St. Louis as at home. Pittsburgh at KC. Pittsburgh's giving two and a half. Miami is at home versus Houston, four and a half. Uh, New England giving the Jets eight at home. Minnesota giving Detroit two at Detroit, Atlanta giving Tennessee five at Tennessee, um, at Washington giving three and a half to Tampa Bay at Indy giving four to New Orleans, uh, at, at San Diego giving four to Oakland at Giants giving three and a half to Dallas and at Carolina giving three to Philadelphia. Monday night game is at Arizona, eight and a half to Baltimore. Um, as far as my picks go, I like the Buffalo pick. I think Buffalo defense, I, I like what they're doing in Jacksonville. I just don't think it's all put together. I think Buffalo comes out, wins this game by 10. I think the defense is just going to stymie Blake Bortles. Um, what, basically what the Patriots kind of did to Jacksonville, I don't think Jacksonville is just there yet. I think they can be a good team coming up in the next couple of years. It's just not there yet. As far as another game, Atlanta, Tennessee. Atlanta's 5-1. and one. They're playing Tennessee with – Kind of a, a ruffled Marcus Mariota. Atlanta's D is is the real deal. Dan Quinn has brought a de- defensive presence to Atlanta that they didn't have the last couple of years. Atlanta wins that game by more than five. And then I'm taking the Giants, Dallas. Giants are going to absolutely dominate this game. Dallas are a shell of their own team. They don't have Romo, no Des Bryant. Giants just need to take care of the football. If the Giants take care of the football, Giants win this game by 10-plus. Giants are a lock. Lock of the week right there. New York Giants. Upset alert. Got to go with my New York Jets. Eight? Come on. You don't give the best defense in the league eight. I'm sorry. That's my upset alert. This has been a great show. Little Football Friday. Had Hillary Garzon from the Jets press. Talked a little bit playoff baseball, where the Mets are going, who they're going to be playing. KC, uh, Blue Jays tonight. Big game. Game six, David Price, let's see what he's got. Other than that, huge, huge weekend for the NFL, especially here on the East Coast. Giants-Cowboys, 4 o'clock. Jets-Patriots, game of the year, up until this point. Best two records on a head-to-head matchup up until this point in the season. It's your big rig here, 347-989-0635. Follow me at The Big Rig Show on Twitter. Thanks, folks. Have a good weekend. Make me look fast. No, no, no. Your face does. Oh, okay. Thank you. Have a good weekend. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.